You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For everything. For everything indie. For everything cults. It's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome into the post-game edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. Colts fall to the Steelers 24-17. And George, just like we predicted, Colts win. Colts win easily first double-digit win of the season. This Colts game goes exactly how we, uh, how we thought it was going to go. I mean, we are still perfect <laughs> when we pick the Colts to win this year. So there, there is that. Oh, boy. Uh, also, you know got to get used to this. This is going to be like uh, Blue Horseshoe after dark the next couple weeks. Anyone who gets to watch one of these clips, I got the the Cinemax lighting going on here (laughs) in in the background. We're all set. Oh, we are all set. Let's get a little weird. Like I said, we're recording this at 1230 at night after the Colts lose to the the Steelers on Monday night. So let's get a little wonky. Let's get a little crazy because what the hell, George? The Colts right now are making things spicy. Not in a good way for sure. We got a lot to dive into from another loss on the season. A loss that is, we'll talk about it. Maybe the worst of the season, most embarrassing of the season. There's some, there's some areas there that could make that answer. Yes, uh, when that question is being thrown out there. But the defense, very poor performance for sure. The offense, I mean, it's literally wash, rinse, and repeat. George here with in terms of shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's bad penalties, whether it's untimely sacks, whether it's awful turnovers, all within the mix there as well as they only score 17 points, their average for the season, which is again par for the course with this offense for sure. But we can't start the pod anywhere else but in terms of clock management. Now, in one essence, it's almost kind of a miracle that Jeff Saturday made it three full games without having some sort of snafu from his inexperience pop up. But boy, oh boy, did it pop up, and it did it pop up in a grand way on the national stage. Two minutes to go, George. Jeff Saturday just doesn't believe in timeouts. Doesn't think that they're necessary. Maybe he's holding them for the Dallas game next week on Sunday night. He thinks, I'll take six timeouts into the first half because they roll over. Whatever his thinking was, the clock management was absolutely horrendous. And, George, you have the Colts burning literally one minute and 30 seconds. And they gained, in that minute 30 seconds, a grand total of 11 yards. And, as we know, did not score a touchdown, did not even get really any sort of chance. And they lose the game. Yeah, but he's not afraid. I mean, that, that's the part that not you're afraid. missing in all this, Ryan. He's not afraid. 
I guess, I guess timeouts fall under analytics, and so he didn't really pay attention to that. And, so Jim no, I mean, who cares about timeouts? It's, it's an incredibly inefficient final drive, um, but it, it's just sort of fitting for this season. I think this game was a microcosm of the whole year. It started off awful. You're, you're sort of sitting there thinking, can they really be this bad at halftime? Uh, come out in the third quarter, completely different team. They raise hopes. They get the lead. It looks like the entire game's been flipped on its head. And then in the fourth quarter, they can't finish. Uh, they give up a touchdown, a backbreaking touchdown, and then they can't drive down and, and get the tying score. So, which I mean, ultimately, look, they did us all a favor. There's no overtime, right? I think that's what really what what Jeff Saturday was going. For. We were texting during the game. The one goal is here: no free football, please. And this game, one way or another, we can't be going any later than this game was. And maybe that's what maybe Jeff heard loud and clear. Said, "You know what? I want to get out of here too." I, you know what? I, if so, hats off to Jeff Saturday. That that's really good, <laughs> doing us a solid here. And you know, I, it's just I think the thing about this team is you're, you're 12 games in, and it's different people, and it's a different way every week. But it's the same story, you know, over and over again. Whoever the head coach is, whoever the starting quarterback is, whoever the play caller is, there's a, a couple really key mistakes. Whether it's a penalty, whether it's a sack, whether it's a turnover. Uh, and then there's just inefficiency through, you know, late in the game and you end up falling a few points short in this case, seven. Um, but, you know, it's, it's another one score loss. I think they're four, four and one now in one score games, which is not terrible. I mean, that's, you know, if you're taking care of business outside of that, you'd feel decent. Uh, but here you're sitting here at four, seven and one. And you're, you're really we're talking about the same bugaboos for lack of a better word again it's the same thing again it's a little bit different i think the defense will get into this later but the defense was much more culpable today than they have been in the recent past uh, but offensively it's the same story you start slow uh don't take advantage of a chance to get back in the game turn the ball over a couple times and finish horribly I and mean, we talked about it after last week's loss to eagles george it's like the the people can change. The situations can change. The timing can change of when these mistakes are made and who they're made by. But at the end of the day, right, they always compile. There's always about two or three that, you know, really kill a drive or really kill an entire momentum for the team. And you end up on the losing side. You end up, you know, not even again breaking 20 points. Again, you're scoring 17 points in a game where this defense, and we'll talk about the Steelers defense, and which should have been a, a really good passing attack actually was the total opposite. And in this case, George, we're talking about mistakes. You know, again, Jonathan Taylor fumbles. I know it's credit to Matt. I still don't understand the official score, why they're crediting the fumble to Matt Ryan instead of Jonathan Taylor. Whatever. Either way, doesn't again, doesn't matter. It's a fumble by the goal line that absolutely is costly. And then a chance to tie. We don't want to say win the game because Jeff Saturday, if they somehow score a touchdown, no way in hell he's going for two points there. He said he's – again, that's analytics, and that's – we we don't – Jim Mercer said he's not like analytics, and that's why Jeff Satter was hired because he's anti-analytics, and he's not scared. But at the same time, you are being scared by not going for it. But anyway, long way of saying two minutes to go, George, in a chance where you could tie or possibly take the lead uh, at home. And it's like – it's just mind-blowing how, again, they allow an opportunity to be squandered where it's fourth down and three going into the two-minute warning. You convert there, you get four yards to Michael Pippen Jr. I have no problem not taking the timeout there, nor do I think they should have taken a timeout there. You're on, I believe, what is it? The Pittsburgh 37. You are, or that um, after the conversion, it's, it's a Pittsburgh 33. So you still got plenty of time to go about. And then you allow a sack on first down. Matt Ryan scrambles on second down. And then on third down, you call a, a, a run to Jonathan Taylor. 
all of those waste a grand total of 100 uh, a minute 30 seconds you gain a grand total of 11 yards and you're sitting here at 30 seconds after fourth down and three it's like how do you think that time is not in the postgame press conference because i don't know you mentioned yeah. it Jeff Saturday's excuse was, oh, time was not the essence there. We had a third down play call no matter what. And we felt, you know, we basically feel like time was not a factor in that situation, despite the fact that this offense couldn't go anywhere. And again, you're sitting there. If they were to convert in a fourth down and three, which the play had no chance to begin with, but if they convert in a fourth down and three, you're looking at well, uh, around the Steelers' 25 yard line. I believe it was the 23 is the yard to gain uh, for the first down with under 30 seconds left. H- how is time not of the essence there? I, I don't understand yeah. that logic whatsoever. No, and like you said, it's really the first time in three games that you kind of see the rookie coaching mistake, you know, with, with that time management. So I, I give him credit on that end, but I don't understand the explanation at all. He was adamant. He was asked three or four times in three or four different ways in that post-game press conference about it. And he was adamant that, well, they had a play call that they liked and, and they didn't feel like they needed to to call time out there. And I, I don't understand that, even if the run worked on third down, which it didn't. Uh, right. Even if the run worked on third down, you're talking about 30 seconds left at, like you said, the 23 yard line, and you're putting yourself in a needlessly difficult position. Uh, you know, and, and Steelers, you know, on the fourth down call, apparently they jumped the in routes, which is what you should do there, uh, kind of force the the Colts to go to the sideline. And obviously, Paris Campbell was double teamed, and that play didn't have much of a shot uh, from the get go. So. You know, there's there's just so many things that go wrong uh, with with it. Just feels like every week there's so many things that go wrong uh, that that add up to this. But we talked about it, you know, again last week. That's uh, Pete Rozelle. Many ways, this was his utopia. This is what he wanted. It, every week, it feels like in this league, anybody can win. They're all one score games. It doesn't matter whether you're playing the car. You know, they play the Commanders, the Eagles, and the Steelers. Three teams all over the place in terms of you know how they've done this season. And all three games are, are pretty much the same. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're all really close losses, and you're coming down to these these late game mistakes. Uh, and it's just that's that's what separates the good teams and the bad teams right now in the NFL. It's it's not, you know, there, there's a lot of other things that go into it, coaching and and you know, mobile quarterbacks and all these kind of things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's who's making plays in the fourth quarter. And the Colts just, or not just in the fourth quarter, like just I already said last week, throughout the game, who's making those five or six plays? That make the difference in the game and, and the Colts, you know, far too often this year are, are not that team. No, absolutely not. And nor do they give themselves really a chance to be able to be in position to make some plays like, you know, even when they are and they, they screw it up, but also too, like I said, it's sometimes just giving them one extra opportunity. And the thing I don't get George is like, I saw this on Twitter from Warren Sharp is a very, you know, just smart overall football, football person. And he made a good point where, especially if you go back to the two minutes in the, in the, um, lack of time management, you have a sack on first and you're sitting there at second and 17 and then you have Matt Ryan scramble to get it down to third and I believe it was three. You have both one, you know, just a tired offense where every the receivers are running back after the sack on first down. Then you have everyone kind of running up, including the offensive lineman on second down. Number one, you could just give your your chance, your, your I should say your players a breather there just to catch their breath in a high stress situation. But also number two, give your play caller a chance to make the right call. Parks Frazier, this is his first time he's ever calling plays. This is the third game of his career where he's a play call. This is the first real opportunity for a two-minute drill in the fourth quarter to tie or win the game uh, where the Colts are actually moving and having some momentum, right? Because the last week, the Eagles, that they didn't really kind of get anything going. So let's just say this is the first real opportunity in the red zone or in the opponent's territory to make something happen there. So now in the second, on second and 17, 
with the clock running, you don't even allow Parks Frazier really an opportunity to be like, oh, what do I call here? You're not anticipating a sack on first down. So you're not really ready for a sack if that happens. And then on third, again, after the scramble, it's like, well, now you have two, three, four seconds to come up with a play call right, right, right there, ready to go. It's just you're not giving your players and you're not getting your first-time play caller a chance to truly put your offense in the best position to succeed. So, just, I mean, like you said, George, it, it, we're a broken record here. But it's the same kind of thing every single week where it's the, the situations may change and who's making the mistake may change. But it's overall, collectively, the Colts, when you add up the season at the end of the year, however many wins they have, they're clearly falling short of their, you know, what we think they're going to accomplish this season. And you could sum it up large parts of just not being able to be put in position to succeed. And when they have been, not coming through. But I think today was an opportunity, especially in the two-minute drill and clock management, was a strict case of not giving your team and your play caller by not calling timeouts in multiple occasions to give them the best opportunity to succeed by putting them in a position to where they can have time to catch their breath and also time to call the right play call. Yeah, and that was part of his his defense that we really, you know, as, as I said, not really buying it. It wasn't really a good defense. You know, he said, well, Parks already had that, that play call up. We were actually going on to the fourth down play at that point. But I think it's just one of those situations where, you know, as you said earlier, you call time out there, you get everybody a drink of water, you, you give everybody a chance to, to get a breath, and that includes Parks Fresh. You can sit down and say, okay, do I really want to go with this run here? I know they're trying to catch them off guard. They've done that a few times throughout the year. It didn't work, so it looks worse now. But my whole point on that is even if it did work, you're still not in good shit right. situation. You're still not looking, you know, you still wasted 90 seconds getting there and, and getting it done. I, I, I just don't. The clock management in there was was highly questionable. And again, uh, you know, the Jeff Saturday's credits the first time in, in, in three games where that's the case. But today it's highly costly uh, on a day that I thought the offense overall, they only played one good quarter. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. You, you had terrible first half. You had a terrible fourth quarter. You got hot in the third quarter. And that's it. You know, it really only had one good drive. I mean, you want to talk about the, the first touchdown Put that on Dallas Flowers. He had the 89-yard kick return to set that. It's good that they finished it because they haven't done that far too often this year. Uh, but, you know, that's that's more Dallas Flowers and, and Bubba Ventrone than it is right. the offense. They had a good drive after that, coming down the field and, and getting a touchdown. But, well, actually, after the fumble, uh, you know, it, it's just... It, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, I hate, it's like I said, it's broken record, but it's the same thing over and over again. A fumble, poor clock management. Whatever it may be, those are the specifics today. But I feel like I could write the same story for all seven losses. Well, five of the seven losses, Jacksonville and, and uh, New England were different. Right. But, you know, five of the seven losses, I could just change the names and the specific details, and it's the same story. And you bring up the offense. That's a great point, too, George, because, again, to just kind of wrap up at least the, the clock conversation here, even if, like you said, even if the, the John and Taylor run on third and three works, or even if the Colts convert a fourth and three to keep the drive alive, to your point, this Colts offense all game was not really consistent, not getting anything going for the entire game. They averaged, what was it, 4.7 yards per play. 
So again, even if you're sitting there at the Pittsburgh 23 yard line with like 25 seconds left, like it's not like the Colts have been explosive. Honestly, this this game, George, felt and reminded me a lot of the week seven game against Tennessee, where Tennessee basically knew the Colts cannot throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. And so Tennessee was up pressing in, in you know, in these receivers' faces. And for the most part, this Colts offense today, especially passing, was not explosive whatsoever outside of a few Jelani Woods plays, which credit him with you know being a big body and kind of having a mismatch on some smaller, uh, smaller defensive backs. Like there was no explosion whatsoever. So even if you were sitting there at the 20 yard line with 25 seconds left, like you are going to need it felt like five or six more plays just to possibly get in the end zone. They don't have time for that. So just no. go also go straight with like when you look at like part of being a good head coach, I feel like sometimes like coaches overcomplicate the game. Like it's really not that difficult in certain situations, certain situations where coaches just overthink it for Jeff Saturday. Like it's also just having a feel for your team and having a feel for the game. The offense was not really humming. Like you said, for really three, three and a half quarters of this game. And anytime they were getting it, getting something going, it was the fact they're going on 12, 15, 17 play drives and just kind of getting five to six yards at a time. So there's no reason to think, oh, well, we don't need to worry about time because we'll just get, you know, two plays, a big, you know, big play, 20-yard plays, and we'll be good to go. That's not the case because that's not been the, the case all game long. Got to got to read it there, and he did not do that either. And it's not been the case all year long. I mean, this is right, just well, not explosive offense. You that's know, it's true. just not. Uh, granted, he wasn't here for the first 11 games or nine or or whatever it was, nine games uh, that, that he wasn't here for. And, and we know he wasn't watching the one right before this, so I'm sure there were other ones that he missed. Um, so it's a... It's just part of the whole – this whole f- this season has, has felt so disjointed. Uh, you know, nothing really fits together. Nothing makes a lot of sense. Every every event, as much as it's the same story over and over again every week, every event still seems to be, like, independent upon itself. It, it's almost like when you're, you know, when you're in school and you're trying to, like, they give you that assignment and the, the next kid has to pick up the story wherever it's left off, you know, like in, <laughs> if you took like a theater class and, and, you know, there's an improv and that's what this season feels like. It, it's disjointed. You just kind of, something happens and then somebody takes it in a completely different way. And then something else happens that, that doesn't seem to line up with anything that came before it. And yet, even having said that, it somehow all leads back to the same final outcome. So I don't know how that is. It's, it's really strange. Uh, but nothing makes sense in in concert with anything else all year long, and yet the one thing that's consistent is this offense. You know, not being able to to make big plays, not being able to execute when they need to, and shooting itself in the foot at almost every available opportunity. And the frustrating part too is like, especially when you look at it from a national perspective. Like this is the second national game the Colts have been on. Uh, the first one you go back to Denver on that Thursday night was that week number five, I believe, off the top of my head. And so you go from that week five game against Denver to this week 12 game against the Steelers, there's not a lot of difference, really no difference whatsoever, George, with this offense. Like, sure, they scored 12 points there. At least I got in the end zone twice in this game against the Steelers. But it's like other than that, like you mentioned, disjoint, like a lot of the adjectives you use when it comes to disjointed, like sloppy, not explosive whatsoever you know, turning the ball over. Now it's not one word, but, you know, just careless of the football. A lot of those same sentiments, a lot of those same feelings that just fans who don't watch a Colts every single Sunday, they just kind of watch them on the national, you know, stage and isolated windows. You watch that Denver game, you watch this Pittsburgh game. There's not a lot of difference. And that's a major concern considering the quarterback you have, Matt Ryan, 
is now more comfortable in this offense compared to when he was early in the season. You've changed head coaches. You've gotten rid of the offense coordinator. You made a million different moves in the offensive line. Like there, we've talked about all the changes and still just in those two kind of areas early in the season. Now, later in the year, you can't see a true tangible difference. And even the slight marginal differences, they're wasted away and out, you know, uh, outshined, if you will, by the mistakes and the lack of ability to make the big play on offense when you really need to. Yeah, and I, I think the, probably the most disappointing thing is if you look at the last three weeks as a whole, the, the Philadelphia game's a little bit of an outlier as far as pass protection goes. But the last three weeks as a whole, they, they've protected the quarterback better than they were. Still not good, but it's improving. The running game, not where it was a year ago, except for the the the, the game in Vegas, but it's improving. I mean, this is the best three three week stretch Jonathan Taylor's had this year. It, it's still not where you want it to be but it's definitely better than it was, you know, earlier in the year. And he's definitely healthier and getting more done. Uh, and even that hasn't turned things around. I think that's one of the things that that's really frustrating. You felt like if they were a little bit more efficient running the ball, if they could protect Matt Ryan a little bit longer, things would change. And now we're seeing that maybe that's not even enough of an answer. Um, There's still breakdowns in those things at, at key times. And that's definitely part of this too. You know, it seems like, they can never quite get that that two or three yard run when they need it. They can, you know, they're running better on the whole, but still you fail on third and three, uh, for instance. Uh, and, and you still seem to have sacks at some inopportune times. And I think there were times today where Ryan made a play where maybe the, the pass protection wasn't the best, but he stepped up in the pocket. And, and especially with Johnny Woods there in the third quarter, you know, found the guy down the field. But I think that's the, the the frustrating thing is it's not just the changes. You even get a little bit of improvement in an area that, that we've been harping on all year. And still you get 17 points right around that season average. You're still right where you've been all year long. 17 points. And then you look at like Matt Ryan too. I mean, even it comes to like when we talk about explosiveness or lack thereof, like he finished the game just 5.9 yards per attempt. It's it's the second lowest of his, of his, uh, of the season. First one was Tennessee week seven. So again, you go back to like, we, we t- you can reference different points in the year of how this offense looks and whether it's early in the year or now, you're not seeing many changes. It's just, it's so maddening. It's so frustrating. It's another game where, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, at some point George has come on us for expecting different, for expecting that, oh, the, the opponent here is one of the few times it's going to be actually worse than the Colts and they have a, you know, a secondary that could be taken advantage of. And maybe, you know, the offensive line, which is starting to give a little bit of growth and maybe at least, you know, giving Matt Ryan a little bit more time on a consistent basis compared to early in the year. Like you could see sort of some signs of growth and comfortability there where it's okay. Maybe that they could put all together in this game and this specific opponent you could take advantage of. And it's like, shame on us, shame on us for honestly thinking that, you know, Things are going to change. It's We are truly living out the definition of insanity, and it leads to a 24-17 loss to the Steelers. Inexcusable, inexplicable loss, I would say. So we'll get into that on the other side here, George, because let's talk about the defense. They were – they we made a proclamation on the preview pod on Friday about the defense that let's just say did not come to fruition. We'll discuss, was this the most disappointing loss of this season? We'll tackle that when the Blue Horseshoe pod does return. 